Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is for Fox's sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox Sake. My name is Pete Selby, and alongside me at For Fox Sake HQ, it's Mr. Rob Hayes. Episode sixty, actually, isn't it? It is episode sixty, and we're we're back in the same room. Yes, yeah, so which helps. You've been off to um, Germany. Yeah, Germany. Doing the the what? The World Paranordic Skiing Championships. Paranordic World Skiing Championships, and That's it was it. good. Yeah, yeah, it was great fun. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I won't, I've I won't only been back a ja- few days, and loads has happened. <clears throat> I won't mention the jacket again so if you do want to see the jacket have a look on facebook well uh, i i liked it <clears throat> well it was it was okay um, the germans didn't like it because they're very plain and efficient really neither of which <laughs> refers to that jacket no not at all but um mate there's bigger news to talk about come on yeah okay well people like it we'll just talk about what's going on yeah but um, we're nearly a minute into the podcast okay well ranieri has been sacked everybody has he bloody hell <laughs> what now <clears throat> well yeah i mean it's 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 strange. I mean, do do we sit here and do we talk about Ranieri and what he's done for the club and all that sort of thing? Do we sit here and discuss future targets? I mean, basically, last night, as everyone knows, he got sacked. Um, it was, I mean, strange, strange timing. The one thing I would say is that we've said on this podcast before that we are fully behind Ranieri. Now, however... However, you dropped a bombshell this morning when you gave me a little ring to say, quick, let's do a podcast. Yeah, well... And, I, and all of a sudden, you were in the Ranieri out campaign. Well, it, what kind of, yeah. I mean, I've been you, on, you shocked me there. <laughs> I've been on a few uh, podcasts to do with the Liverpool game coming up. And um, and I mentioned on there, and I've, I've, I've had a lot of feedback from it because I did say that I think he will be going very shortly. And then, what, 24 hours later, he's gone. Mystic um, Pete strikes again. Yes, Mystic Pete, which apparently I've had a few uh, feedback, actually, about the Mystic uh, Pete thing, the crystal ball's not working. Well, unfortunately, the, the, the crystal ball from a few months back, no, it wasn't, but uh, I got this one right. Um, now, I was at Millwall. <clears throat> Poor let's, you. Let's put this across. Now, I was at Millwall, and uh, obviously all the stuff that happened, we'll talk about maybe in a bit, but... Um, I will say that when the final whistle went, I had changed my mind. The players had gone, and as much as all what he's done for the club, Ranieri, for me, it was time to make a change because I looked out there and went, we are not... We have been terrible this season, as we know, but in the last... I mean, I've got the games down written here. Okay, 3-0 loss to Chelsea... 3-0 3-0 to Southampton. Remember these games. Remember how well we played. Southampton away, 3-0. It was dreadful. We had a 1-0 uh, away at Burnley, which we were hanging on really, ne- never created anything, and we nearly got the point there, but uh, 1-0 there. Man United, 3-0 at home, which we were, no, as soon as the goal went in, absolutely nowhere. Uh, 2-0 away to Swansea, that was dreadful. And then the 1-0 defeat away at Millwall in the FA Cup. Now, Obviously, we've had the Seville game since then. But what I'm saying is that when you are the manager of Leicester, you cannot go into a fifth-round tie in the FA Cup away at a League One team, play the team that he played, and also react in the manner that they that he reacted. The substitutions were dreadful. The place, it wasn't just a 1-0 defeat. It was a complete mess. I know we had chances to, to, to score. Okazaki missed a sitter. But... Um, they are a very poor League One team. And for me, you can hear in the background, phones going nuts and all sorts. Um, people getting in, in contact with the podcast, which is great. But for me, that was the final nail in the coffin. And I walked away from the ground saying to saying to people who were asking questions, I said, now is the time that they need to make a change. And for me, I'd love to have seen Claudio go upstairs and um, Shakespeare take over and then we'll discuss what could happen in the future. But... Um, it's a shame that we have to sack him. That's well, the big thing. Part company with part company with, and but they for just me, didn't want to use the word, did they? No, for me, there has been a huge reaction. Obviously, um, it's it's a really disappointing thing. It's like putting down uh, an old 
family pet. It's for the good <laughs> overall. He brought he brought us so much joy. Did uh, did Claudio the cocker spaniel? Well, exactly. But th- th- this is what it's like, isn't it? He's, he's the he's your favourite uncle. It's but the, if you just look at it in, in hard cold facts, I know he obviously won the league at Leicester, and and, and all his drama, he's biggest fan. He really, you know, was a brilliant guy, a really nice guy, but. You just look at the way the club is playing, the team's playing, the players. It's um, okay. We'll come on to the players and their part in this, but for me, the change needed to be made. Now, obviously, they've given him, by all accounts, they gave him the game against Seville. Um, and if Leicester somehow won that game, then I think that he probably still would have been in the job. But yes, we got a two-one defeat away at Seville. It's a really good result. But again, that 2-1, it could have easily been 5. Oh, it could. Schmeichel Schmeichel had an absolute blinder. But the first half, they were dreadful. And just look at the bare form. It's it's a really sad day, but I think it's the right decision. Yeah, you have to to look at the facts and results matter in football. But I think a lot of people were saying, oh, you can't sack Ranieri because of what he achieved last season. Uh, I think the, the things that we were saying on the podcast was, yes, we loved what he did last season. But but at the time when we've, when we've been speaking about it, it's been the most sensible thing to do to keep hold of him because he knows the club better than anybody else. And, and yes. I, was, I was of the opinion that it was getting too late to make a change that would be worthwhile. And, and we might as well stick with the bloke who knows the team, who's got the most out of the team, and, and stick it out, ride it out to the end of the season. And I don't think we'd have got relegated. I think there would have come a time, maybe it would have come late on in the season, we'd have needed a late run like we did a couple of years ago, but I don't think we'd have got relegated under under Claudio Ranieri if he'd have stayed, and I wasn't wanting to keep hold of him for sentiment. I don't think that's a very sensible way to go about things. The club have said that in their statement, they've got a, um, they, they're eternally grateful for what he did last season, but uh, and it's a really painful decision, but he has to go, and I respect that. But I personally think if they were going to make this managerial change, they should have done so a bit sooner. Because now we're in a position where who comes in? How do you change it for the better? Claudio Ranieri's gone, his assistant's gone, and one of the coaches has gone. Sports science. Head science. Of sports science. Yeah, yeah. His, his team, the, the, the Italians, they've yeah. all gone. Yeah. So you've still got... Craig Shakespeare and Mike Mike Stahl must have been caretaker manager of Leicester more times than he's got fingers on his hands. But it, it's it's interesting. It's typical Leicester. We never know what's going to happen next with Leicester. They're always keeping us on our toes. But it's just where do we go now? Well, a statement by the uh, the owner um, Beachy. He says, um, "From what you have seen, is only some side of the club we can show to the public." We do not have only one problem to solve. There are a million things to do to make our club survive. I would like to take this uh, crisis situation to thank uh, all the fans. Please respect my decision. I will never let the club down. Now, the first thing I have to say is that the owners have been unbelievable in the seven years they've been here. Um, I, if you go back is to it that when, long, yeah. If you go back to when they appointed wow. Claudio, uh, the owners said trust us. When they appointed Ranieri. Yeah, because everybody was like, oh, who, why are we having this old when it was washed when, up Italian bloke? Yeah, when they sacked Pearson, it was, it was, the, the word was trust us. Susan Whelan was there in a press conference. Trust them. So, do we trust the owners? Of course we do. Absolutely. <clears throat> there was, I mean, there's been, uh, everyone's had their say. Um, there's been a lot, obviously, the Premier League champions, big news. There's been an awful lot of rubbish written in the last 24 hours. Um, people people from outside the club who've got exactly. no idea what's going on day to day or week to week, no idea what their relationship has been with the club and with the fans for the time that they've been here. And more importantly than that, how Leicester have played since pretty much Christmas. That's my key thing with, with, with the whole situation. Um, a number of people have said it's the worst decision they've ever made, um, even including the likes of Lineker, and I pretty much agree with everything he says, but um, I disagree with him this time. There were some people um, tweeting pictures of the owners saying you need to get rid of these owners. I won't, won't mention who it was, a very well-known person who thinks he knows about football. Um, and I'm like, you haven't got a clue. You, d- you don't understand how bad... Leicester have been played and it's it's very sad to say that but unfortunately that's the way it is and I know I might be in the minority but um, for me it just had to have happened 
And it's a very strange time, though, but because I know they've obviously given the game against Seville. Um, and it was last chance saloon. Very interesting words from Matt Elliott um, on BBC Radio Leicester saying about that uh, the owners were pitch side uh, watching very closely and it was different to what normally happens with them. They've come back after the statements, what, a few weeks ago, uh, back in Ranieri, and they've been in and around the club and they've looks like they've just had a a complete look at the club and every angle, spoke to the players, spoke to staff, and they've come to this decision. This is not just a reaction. This is not just a, right, we're getting rid of him. This has been a long, thought-out process, and we don't know what their next move will be. But um, they've obviously discussed in-depth with you know with the players and, like I said, with other staff members. Now, the player side of it, a lot of headlines in the press is about player revolt. Now, our players, do they have too much power? I'm not going to be funny, but if you get paid so much money, you're the people on the pitch. Have they let the manager down? Of course they have. Absolutely. They, yeah. they really do. And they need to take full or pretty much full responsibility. I feel sorry for Claudio. It's pretty much his record anyway, how it goes. He does really well and then it kind of tails off. And I think we all thought it might probably do that. Um, he definitely would have gone in the summer. I'm pretty 100% sure about that. Yeah, that Claudio if, if, we'd have, if we'd have finished mid-table not won something like the FA Cup and and lost in the last 16 of the Champions League what what would be yes. the point in staying he 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 would he would have gone but um it's a shame it's happened this way but the players have to take a, a, a lot of responsibility because ultimately they have underperformed massively um and expect, and I will keep on saying especially since Christmas because up to Christmas you can say that we were still in the FA Cup we were doing well in the Champions League and in the Premier League it was disappointing but it wasn't crisis it wasn't situation dire, was it, was, it? it wasn't the situation that we're now in the situation and you have to remember come Monday night against Liverpool against a very good Liverpool who I think we've really got the, not no chance, but we're well up against to get a point there. Mm. I, I, I can't see us getting anything. We could be bottom of the we league. We could be bottom. This is the this is the situation. We could be bottom, and I'm full fully for supporting managers. Look at the way that they supported Nigel Pearson for all those um, all those months of not picking up points. But we were playing okay, and if you go back and listen to the podcast, we kept on saying we are playing well. We're just not quite, we, getting and we there. were working hard as well, which is the difference. Exactly, the, the players really, really wanted it, and it was just maybe a little bit of a lack of quality, or a lack of confidence, or a lack of luck, or maybe all three. Mm. But eventually, that came round because they kept working at it. These, this bunch of players right now, for whatever reason, is not motivated to work as hard as it needs to. And and the problem with that is we look at instantly the money. And I know that's what everyone does because we're just normal people and they get paid more than we would earn in, in, in years in a week. It's um, it's it, it's crazy how much money players earn. But unfortunately, the only thing you can change at this part of the season is the manager. Yeah, you can't rip the entire squad apart. And, and people are saying, oh, this is the problem with modern football. The footballers have got too much power, blah, 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 blah. This is... This is the problem with football all the for, forever. It's not changed. It's not ever been easier to replace 11 players than it has one manager. And yes, it's really harsh on Ranieri because he has been let down by the players. Last season, he didn't really have to motivate them as such because the results uh, provided pretty much all the motivation. And then the, the chasing the league title provided the motivation. He proved himself as a good tactician, good with the media to try and keep the spotlight off the players to a certain extent. And he guided what was an already sort of cruising ship, I think. This season, maybe Ranieri isn't the motivator. Maybe you need to bring somebody in who's going to kick these players up their arse and say, you are not working hard enough. Get out there and do it. The uh, the problem is, who comes in now? Well, that's the thing. Um, as much as the players take a lot of responsibility, at the end of the day, they are Leicester City players. You can't sack them. You can't change them at this time because, obviously, the transfer window is closed. So the only change that we can make is get changing the manager, and hopefully that will work. And unfortunately, that's what they've done at Leicester. And... Um, well, for me, I was saying after Millwall, I would give it to Shakespeare, and it's a very interesting scenario at the moment because if you look at the um, if you look at the fixture list, now we're playing on Monday against Liverpool, so he'll obviously be in charge for that. I mean, right now at the time of recording, he's currently in a press conference, so by the time you listen to this, if anything's happened or changed, um, then 
you know, we, that's the time of recording. He's currently in a press conference. God help him, because he's going to f- fend off many questions. Um, I don't think he'll talk about it. No, he's probably just going to say, "Look, we'll talk about the team and about the um, the what do you call it, the, the game on Monday." Now, after Monday night, they play at home against Hull on Saturday. So, if you just look at Premier League games, because again, ignore the Champions League for now. That's a one-off, and it always would be. Now, after Hull on Saturday the fourth, our next game in the Premier League is on Saturday the eighteenth. So, two weeks after Hull. Now, that's a lot of time for a a manager to be brought in and work with the players. But b, if in my opinion, Shakespeare does well against both Liverpool and Hull. So maybe lose to Liverpool but defeat Hull and there's an upturn in performance and player and there's a real reaction, then for me you would give the job to Shakespeare until the end of the season. So you give the job of ensuring Premier League survival to a bloke that has never managed a first team before? I would because A, it's a guy who knows the players inside out, B, has the respect of them and also you're not talking about any old assistant manager. This is a former assistant manager of the England national team, so a very highly respected guy with Mike Stout alongside him. Also, he's said in the past, actually, uh, Craig Shakespeare, that he's actually interested in management. So it's not someone who's going to be given the job who doesn't want to do it. That often happens at clubs where maybe there is a reaction uh, and they do well, but the assistant manager is in charge saying, look, I'm just a coach, I don't want to be the manager. He's actually said in the past he would like to be a manager at some point of his career. So I think that this is a, a real good opportunity for Shakespeare. But the main reason I'm saying that is, personally, there's a few managers out there I would like as Leicester manager, but I can't see them coming to the club to fend off relegation. Now, if we play um, the management game of Leicester survive with Shakespeare in charge, okay? Yep. Who would be our choice of manager? What, in the summer? So in the summer, we've we've survived. We finish 17th, say, and uh, we've survived in the Premier League. We get knocked out of the quarterfinals of the of the Cup, of the Champions League, or, or whatever happens. Now, who would you like, then, for Leicester, the day after we've survived, to bring in as manager? That's a tough question, and it's one that I've not really considered yet, because I'm still in fallout from Ranieri mode. I've not managed to to switch my mental state around to look forward yet. Oh, oh, I have. Especially not that far. I was thinking Um, about this on the way back from Millwall. Were you? I can't put into words how bad... And people out there listening to this who either watched it or was there, it was beyond belief bad. Yeah, but you were already looking to to the start of next season. The the last half an hour, honestly, I have not seen anything like it. I've not seen a Leicester side collapse in the last half an hour of a match against a poor, and I would give a lot of credit to a a smaller team defeating a bigger club. Look look what we've been watching for years and years and years. We're normally that smaller team. Mm. I would give all the credit, but Millwall, they were dreadful, right? Absolutely, absolutely horrendously dreadful, and yet, and down to 10 men, and yet we lost. We collapsed as a team. So I was thinking about who who would I like to be in charge of Leicester next season because I wanted the change to be made now and Shakespeare to carry on. Now, for me, the favourite, and we've got odds in front of us, and we know that the bookmakers get it completely wrong, and I know for a fact that if a person is 10 to 1 and in about two minutes' time they go into 3 to 1, the amount of money to make a price collapse in a managerial market is so small. It's probably the most... Um, it's, it's the market that would react the most, I would say, in betting. Yeah. In, in any sport, a managerial market, someone goes in and farts a, ne- a name in a bookmaker's, the price will collapse. It, it really does. And, and I, I know that, that for a fact. So the favourite is Roberto Mancini. Yeah. Now, I think that's a, that would be a very good appointment. Premier League experience, would it be a stepping stone towards maybe a bigger club? Yes. Is that fine? Yes. You could attract Who thought Mancini? Um, He's already managed Man City. And Inter, yeah, he's he, he's managed big clubs. But what I'm saying is that if he comes to Leicester and he's thinking, hang on, if I just be at Leicester for a season, and then maybe there's well, a, can, maybe there's can a get a, back into the big time, exactly, bit back into the big time in the Premier League. If he wants to use us for a season, I'll be happy with that. He could attract some good, uh, you know, some some decent players. I would be happy with Mancini. Also, I, I quite like his style as well of management, and he comes across as a decent man. Plus, he's done it in the Premier League as well. Now, and, and he played for us a couple of times. Yeah, um, my first choice uh, would be 
uh, Wagner at, um, what do you call it, at Huddersfield. Really? Yes. Wow. You've got a guy there who plays, again, I think that's Leicester need to change the way that they play. I don't think we can just continue with the style maybe of the season before. I'd like to see this guy who's a, a young manager. He's friends with Klopp. He can attract players. He's well-known throughout Europe as well. He's done a miracle job at Huddersfield. And I think if he just applies the same tactics and style of play that he's doing at, at Huddersfield with Leicester, I think it's a perfect fit. Also, and the key thing is, he's very ambitious. Yep. He would actually be, in my opinion, my first choice. Okay. Um, and also... The head of Mancini. It's difficult because you've got. So we're, a real we're name talking there. start of next season, yeah. Start of next season, okay. I'd in, say in theory that we've uh, survived in the Premier League. I'd go top three, Mancini. I would then say Wagner, and my other person is a long shot because he's currently in the job, but maybe in the summer, depending on if they if they go down because they're dropping very quickly through the league. If he wants to change at a club that is another level, a step up with a bit more money, obviously to spend. Uh, I think Eddie Howe okay. would be my long shot if he does leave Bournemouth. But I think Eddie Howe, if he wanted the job, you'd give it to him because of the respect he has and also what a manager he could be. So they're my top three. What about Gary Rowett? No. Why not? Because I think we are... at. A, if we go down... So let's just say if we go down, he would be my appointment, okay? Maybe with a, a Wagner or someone like that. But um, because Mancini and, and Eddie Howe would be ruled out... But he can't be Leicester manager if they are surviving, if they're in the Premier League, in my opinion. I think it's it's too big a job and we're looking further forward. We're looking at the likes of Mancini. You don't go for Rowett, who might be a good manager, but for me, if we survive in the Premier League, no. But what proof have you got that Wagner's better than Rowett? Um, what what makes you put Wagner in, in your top three and completely discount Rowett unless we're in the Championship? Uh, the style of play that Huddersfield are, uh, are playing, uh, also the contacts and the respect he has throughout Europe to attract players. Um, I like his style of football. I think Gary Rowett's done very well at a number of clubs, and he was I mean, it's criminal, really, for him getting sacked at Birmingham. Oh, Birmingham yeah. But um, what, what they were doing. But um, for me, Wagner, I like... He, he's, he's got that... Um, do you know what it is? He's got that Martin O'Neill-esque enthusiasm... And relationship with players, but he's playing in a style of football which is very modern and to the point, which I think Leicester need to adapt. Very high pressing, um, a lot of energy and or a lot of fitness as well, which I think has been highly missing this season from the squad. Yeah, he said Hud- he, Wagner reckons Huddersfield are the fit- fittest squad in the Championship, it, and, I, and that's no accident. In my opinion, he's not just ticks- inherited some fit players, has he? No, if you put a cross next to some of the um, attributes of the Leicester squad, his ticks go next to those crosses. Do you know what I mean? He yeah. fills in the yeah, gaps. Yeah. His strong points are our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we're, we're talking... I mean, it, it, there's also that little element of, you know, who who shall we get? I mean, look at Marco Silva up at Hull. If they go down, the job he's done, apparently behind the scenes, is amazing. Oh, he's, yeah. With he's, the training. Yeah. Um, I'll go back to El Mohamedy. He was in the African Cup of Nations and they, they got rid of the manager. And feeling apparently is... Training sessions are great as well, but um, he says, "Oh, who's this guy?" And he, I think he accidentally tweeted it out out loud, if you know what I mean, so everyone could um, see it. And he says, "Who's this guy?" And he got a bit of flack. But then, about two days later, um, he then went on uh, a radio and said, uh, "Oh, by the way, I've just heard from the players. Apparently, is awesome. Like, it's really, really good. And look at their upturning form. So, mm-hmm. there's plenty of people out there." And it's quite exciting as well talking about these play- uh, different managers. There's some absolute bobbins on here as well, though. Go on in. If you, I'll, I'll name a player, uh, a manager, yeah. and, and then we we'll we'll say yes or no. Are we saying for now or next season? Oh, no, it's, 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 it's for next season. Okay. And then and then we'll come back to now. All right. Okay, so Mancini. Yes. Yes. Pardew. No. No. Gus Hiddink. Yes. Yes, I would. Um, I, I think never in a million years he's going to come. No. Never in a million years. No, but I'll take him. Frank Boer. No. I would. Yeah. Yep. Again, I don't think in a million years he'll come. Uh, Nigel Pearson. <laughs> <laughs> Currently at ten to one, folks, for a third stint as Leicester City manager. No. Um, no. And if if I... we can't keep hold of Claudio Ranieri for sentiment, we bloody well can't have Pearson <laughs> back for a third I, term. I like Nigel Pearson, but no, unfortunately not. Um, Shakespeare, we won't bother with because again, it, it's not for me. No. 
even if he keeps us up, we've got to go on and look for a manager. Okay. Um, Rowett. I'm leaning further away from him since listening to your argument. Don't listen to me. You're Mystic Pete. Well, I'll listen to you. Uh, no. No. Harry, Harry Redknapp. Redknapp. No. No. Mark Warburton. No. No. Can't even say his name. Who's he the manager of? Pedrag Radoslavljevic. Now, was it, he was the guy who was uh, linked with us before Ranieri, so I think he's just been put on the list because of that. Because of that. Uh, no. No. Hodgson, no. No. Wagner, yes. Yes. O'Neill, no. Again, sentiment, no. Now, no. I always would say yes. Leave, leave him on the telly. Oh, no. But leave yes, him in the I 90s and the early noughties. I'll just have to say yes. I'll just always say yes. Martinez, no. No. Pellegrini? Um, I think Pellegrini is very similar to Claudio. Mm. And I would say yes okay. for Pellegrini. It's interesting because this list is mainly compiled of it's, young it, up-and-coming managers and old stalwarts students of the game, wise old men. It's, and it's we're giving yeses to, to both kind of angles. You either want an experienced, calm head lead in your club or you want a progressive young manager. You don't want something that's that's kind of washed up in the middle who nobody has really much respect for, like Hodgson. Warburton has caused a bit of trouble, whether it's his fault or not, at Rangers and Brentford. He won't get it. No. Um, it's it's very interesting. You look at people like Laurent Blanc, and again, you look at Leicester, and if again, this is all on the fact that they're in the Premier League next season. It's a very good job because what is the if, okay? I turn up to the interview. Mm. Okay, you are the owner of Leicester. You're turning up wearing that Leicester I'm, shirt. I'm wearing a Leicester shirt. Yeah. <laughs> if you're ever going to wear your Leicester shirt, today's the day to wear yeah. it. Um, if uh, okay, I've turned up for an interview for yeah. a manager's job. Yeah. Okay. And I turn around to you, the owner, and say, what is my aim for next season? What do I have to do? Well, the the initial aim is make sure we're still in the Premier League. But Exactly. So, if you are a manager like, uh, maybe not Pellegrini, but someone who's coming into the club to maybe use it as a stepping stone to something bigger, you're looking at likes of maybe a, a Yapsdam, Laurent Blanc, you know, to maybe go further on in the Premier League to get back into it in maybe a Mancini sense, then at Leicester, all you need to do is straighten the club out and keep us up. You know, you finish 14. <laughs> Easier said than done. Oh, yeah. But that's that's it. Maybe have a cup run. You've not got Europe to worry about. You've got a decent set of players because they've just won the bloody league. I know it's all, that's it's all gone wrong. Stay, though. Exactly. But it's a very, very attractive job. Yes, it's a bit of a shambles mm. at the moment. But it is an attractive job. Yeah, because there isn't, like you say, there isn't the pressure to finish in a certain position in the Premier League because you you know for, full well that if we survive this season, next money, season, money. first point, it'll be... Get 40 mm. points. Good young players as well. A lot of money at the club. It's a very attractive job. Now, OK, let's try the other angle. All right. So, if Shakespeare turns around in his press conference right now and says, I don't want the job till the end of, for the end of the season, OK, we need to bring someone else in. What, now? Now. He doesn't want it till the he end of the season. He doesn't want it. He will be the manager on Monday night against Liverpool, but I don't want to be the caretaker manager. Who would you appoint... Mr. Rob Hayes, to come oh, into the club. That is a good question. Now you're looking. Are we saying? Are we assuming that any manager that's currently out of a job will say yes? It's no. It's who do you want? And you can always say, but he probably won't come. But who would you want to take over until the end of the season, and possibly then carry on? Even I'm just. I'm just looking at the list and. There's a name on there that's got experience at the very top level, that's also got experience of being an interim manager, and and is it, I th- I think the the choice for me off of this list, if Shakespeare doesn't want it, is Gus Hiddink. Oh my god, <laughs> that's completely not what I thought you were going to say. What did you think I was going to say? You're going to say Harry Redknapp? But, oh um... Christ, no. <laughs> Harry Redknapp's days as a football manager are done. I I completely Absolutely agree. Absolutely done. I... He's he's good for a soundbite. He's good for leaning out his car window on January the thirty first. But in terms of organising footballers on a field, which we need now, is we need organisation. We need motivation. Those are the two things that we need. It will be interesting to see. I mean, it's a very good shout actually whether someone like that will come in because you're talking. Keep us up. Here's a million quid. 
Yeah, here's, we, cash isn't a problem, Gus. Yeah. Come on in. You, here's, here's we a, know Roman paid you loads of money, but we own all the duty-free in Thailand. Here you go. Exactly. Here's, here's a couple of million if you keep us up. If not, you've only come over for a bit of time. And also, you never know, you might like it, do well, and you know, kick on next year. Yeah, but it's, if you don't like it, thanks for keeping us up. Um, there is one name on there which we have skirted over, and this will probably be the last you know managerial name we'll, we'll discuss. Um even if it if it was till the end of the season, so it's not to do with next season. Don't say Bob Bradley. No. Nope. Don't to, say Robbie Savage. No. Nope. To come into the club and just till the end of the season, that's how long his contract is. Okay. It's a manager I would I can't see him being Leicester manager. It would be a it would be a dark day oh, until his crikey. first game. Here we go. I've got a story about him and I've told it many a times about the uh, the incident with the gravy. Um Alan Pardew. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. I'm gone. I'm out. You're, you're gone. This, this is me leaving the room. When you're the king, you can do what you want. That was his... When he had uh, when he sat down, they were all having a, a Sunday dinner, Pardew, and uh, he sat down and they ran out of gravy. So he looked at his assistant manager, who just started tucking in. This was when he was at Charlton, I think. Um, and just started tucking in, and he just took his food from him, because it had gravy on. And then just started eating it. And everyone on the table just sat there, open mouthed. And he looked up and went, when you're the king, you can do what you want. Alan Fargeau, my God. No, we don't want him. So there you go. That's what we think. Obviously, out there, everyone will be doing the same thing. And it's quite exciting discussing new managers. It's a real shame, obviously, it's come to this. But uh, anyway... Do you, want, do you want to know what Shakespeare's saying, or do we want to finish this little... Oh, no, 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 it's, yeah, we'll do it, yeah. Yeah, all we, right. We, we, as it's happening. Uh, Craig Shakespeare, six minutes ago on Twitter. My job is to get the players ready and focused on Liverpool. We need to get back to winning ways and get three points. We've got 13 games left, and that starts Monday. The fans have always been magnificent. We need to be together and behind the team. Which they will be. Of course. Confidence can go very quickly, but it can come back very quickly. My aim is to restore that confidence quickly. My question about that statement is, why haven't you done so before? You're in the training ground every day. True, but he is not the top man, and maybe... Maybe the problem was between Shakespeare and Ranieri, yeah, which they'd never worked, never worked together before, had they? No, that's true. I mean, uh, there was obviously a lot of respect, and after last season, it's you, it's it's awkward, isn't it? You know, we're in a a catch twenty two at the beginning of the season. Do we sign a new team? Do we just leave it to the players and say carry on and try and do the same again? It looked like the right kind of balance, didn't it? It to did. Begin with. It did. It was. It was. I mean, you can say it was always going to happen, but uh, unfortunately. It probably was. The one thing he will have, though, Shakespeare, he's going to have the whole crowd behind him. Yeah. They're going to sing his name because of the job he's done at the club. How does the song go? Have we got one for him? Um, shake it. Oh, God knows. Anyway, I, I, I'm totally convinced that we have enough talent in that dressing room. Come Monday, we'll be ready. I've been a caretaker before. I've never been in a press conference quite as big as this, but I'm ready for the challenge. There you go. He says all the right things. Good luck to him. And again, he'll have more support... Uh, than the average caretaker manager. One and one other tweet before we get back off Twitter and get to actually talking to each other again. Roberto Mancini's tweeted. I, I've, seen re- this? I've seen this, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry for my friend Ranieri. He will remain in the history of LCFC in the heart of Leicester fans and all football lovers. The thing with Mancini is I think there is a 1% chance of him coming in now yes if he's going to be the next the, Leicester manager the job, the job right now is an absolute poison chalice isn't it if he if, if, if he becomes Leicester manager it will be in the summer yeah if we've survived yeah that's the only chance um so you're saying right now bring in Pardiola if Shakespeare doesn't want it no not at all I don't want Pardiola anywhere near the club oh okay absolutely, absolutely anywhere even for a 12-13 game contract okay so I've I've said Gus Hiddink oh right as the uh, as the person to come in on a 12 if, if game if Shakespeare says no if Shakespeare says we're, no... Because we're both sitting here saying that if Shakespeare says yes, then give him till the end of the season. Are we saying that? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's it's interesting because you look at who's out there and you go, right, It's it's. I'd love someone like O'Neill just to take the money and say, OK, I'll come in and earn a million quid by keeping... Is he up. a good football manager anymore? No, no but you, uh, 13 games. Yeah, but... You have to be a good football manager for one game. Is he a good enough manager? Oh, yeah, of course he is. Really? For 13 games, O'Neill. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. Uh, you look, I mean, there's been, there was a chap on, on the radio a few times mentioned, completely out there, but Gary Neville, okay, to come in. Oh, and Christ, no. For, for, for 12 games. I'd rather have Pardew than Gary Neville. There's a statement. Alan Pardew is, a, is actually 
whether you like him or not, a football manager. I would rather have Neville than... Gary um, Neville's a gobby mank who failed miserably at Valencia. I'm not saying I would like him to come into the club, but no, it's a better option than Pardew in my eyes. Um, the person actually, for me, if we had to have on a short-term contract to come in and rescue the club. I'm looking through these names thinking, my God, there's some absolute <laughs> dross. It's 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 difficult. Who it, are these? Daryl Clark. Yeah. Danny, Cow- Danny Cowley. I, I don't know. Never but um, for me, it would be someone along the lines of Hiddink. It would be, give them the money. It would yeah. be, it would, it would be, it might sound... Don't care what it costs to keep us up because what it's I'm saying. more expensive to go down. Even if it's a, right, here's five million pounds... Just keep us in the league. You get it if you keep us in the league. Okay? Why not? Why not do it? That's in my eyes. That would be the person I wouldn't like to bring someone in um, for those twelve games. But if we do, I would go for a big, big name and throw a stupid amount of money at it. Yeah. That's here's here's your do. incentive. Sven's on the list, by the way. Anyway, we'll be talking about <laughs> uh, about Seville and about Millwall. Peter Selby, you are poised with the latest conversations on social media, the polls on for Fox 8 podcast at FFS pod, if you didn't know already. What what are we saying? Well, the simple one was, before recording today's show, a simple question, would you have sacked Ranieri? Uh, 31% said yes, 69 said no. It was interesting because even a couple of weeks ago, it was still support for Ranieri, which is great, really, because it shows you that Maybe fans haven't have still got that bit of romance, that bit of you know support for a guy who's done so much for the club, uh, which which is great to see because in an era now where it's it is really cut and thrust, cut and dry, you know it's it's you're in, you're out. There's almost no loyalty anymore in football. But um, saying that, I still think he should probably have gone. Um, the thoughts on the second leg. Now this was after uh, the Seville game, which we'll talk about. Um, thoughts about the second leg, and there were four options. Yeah. Okay, you've got uh, we'll win, got a real chance now, a slight hope or no chance. Interesting results here because it seems that Leicester fans were very optimistic after that game, which of course we oh, were. The way we celebrated that two-one defeat, we got away with it really. And big time. You've got twelve percent said we'll win, fifty percent five zero said got a real chance now, thirty-two said a slight hope. And then 6% saying no chance. I think that 6% no chance speaks volume because in my eyes, I voted and I said a slight hope because I said a real chance now would have been a draw in my eyes. But um, mm-hmm. a slight hope is still um, what I think we've got in that game. We'll talk about Seville. Um, so I think we really got away with it. You don't I think, look very tanned. You didn't go out then. No, no, no. I didn't, didn't go bother. Out. Um, I think that's we really got away with it because... If you just go back, I watched the first half or part of the first half again. Leicester were desperate in that first half against we, we, a good team. We were terrible. We're terrible. Um, that what, penalty, to be honest, was crap. What we what, what we were is what we've been since Christmas. Yeah. Okay. It just continued, that, and that was the real and current Leicester City folks. Exactly. And also, they did not raise their game for a Champions League. This is the reason why, unfortunately, he's gone. Um, but the problem is they were probably also everyone's saying oh it's the Champions League is a one-off game uh, obviously a two-off if you if you count the legs but the nerves that come with that oh my word. and the pressure of being away at a team that are on on form compared to you could be even more detrimental to the current performance levels exactly I, I mean and they froze they really did freeze on the night um Schmeichel had an exceptional game night like we said the first half was dreadful we went in one goal down a penalty save good couple of good saves as well um i mean the the penalty itself what first of all poor header by Huth. yeah all of a sudden Fuchs, who froze on the night completely um just didn't really know what to do it just 
bounced off him. rid of the ball. Exactly. Put your foot Swing something at it. It bounced off him, and then a terrible tackle by Morgan. But Morgan and was put in that position oh, by yes. two of his defensive colleagues, as I think he has been throughout the season. He's not had his best season, don't get me wrong, but he has been trying to pick up the pieces of some other underperforming players as well. Absolutely, 100% agree. Um, he's he's a scapegoat for many supporters out there. Yeah. Uh, oh, and here's the bloke with the armband. <coughs> Look at him. He's, he's struggling here, but he was stretching there because Huth failed to clear and Fuchs failed to clear. Huth, who uh, is uh, a very experienced um, Premier League winner, Fuchs, who is an international, former international captain, neither of them could swing a boot at a ball. It's what I learned when I was nine years old. It was it was terrible. And then a great save from a very poor penalty by um, by the Seville player, uh, the youngster, who then scored, he scored the second goal, yeah, didn't he? Did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, we go in at half-time. And I, do you know what? During the game, it was 20 minutes into the game, just before the penalty, actually. And I sat there going... This is we are nil nil in the last sixteen of the Champions League in the first game against Seville. It will all change, but just remember, soak in this nil nil. Yeah. You know, it's not happened yet. We haven't conceded. It looks like we're going to any minute. Bang, goal, damn. But we go in one nil at half time. Now the second half, we got a little reaction. A little yeah. reaction. Now I thought it would have been better. Anyway, they go two nil up. Good goal. Again, slight indecisive between the two centre-halves. The communication maybe wasn't there. Um, again, I would probably put the blame at Huth rather than uh, Morgan. Yeah. Uh, now, we're 2-0 down. We're still in the game. If it ends 2-0, we're still in. 3-0, game over. And it could then go 4-5, which is what I thought it would do before which the game. what happens to Arsenal. Now, Musa gets taken off. Musa, who is Mate, short of confidence. Did you see that when he tried to take the ball to the byline? And I then did. he just literally just kind of almost forgot that he had to control it and it it's, just trickled out and he just and it put on his face and he he looked like a like a 7 year old who'd just been berated from the sidelines by his dad for me um what what Musa needs to do now or what needs to happen to him is they need to say look don't worry you'll be either on the bench or maybe even not in the first team squad just get your head down and then We'll see what happens with maybe a new manager, a new a new approach. But he can't be anywhere near that first team at the moment. He really can't. Um, Gray comes on. Now, Leicester played for about five minutes during the game. Five to seven minutes. In that five to seven minutes, Drinkwater discovered he could actually find a man. Drinkwater discovered he could go forwards. Exactly. Um, Albrighton, who was having, I think, a bit of a shocker, um, his, uh, his feet came out of cement uh, and started to run and pass the ball. And they had, like I said... A five-minute spell where they looked like a football team almost, and and I'm sounding really harsh here, but this is what it, it was terrible. Anyway, during this five minutes, pass the ball, pass the move, pass the move, look really good. Also, pass the ball and don't stand there and go, right, I've got rid of it now. I've done my job. <laughs> Thankfully, actually, nobody can blame me now. Yeah, follow up, pass the ball, follow that pass, and actually make a movement so you can then lay the ball off again. And they did. And yeah. they created a chance. Good ball by Gray. In for Drinkwater. He made a forward run, like you said. What a ball. Great ball across. Fantastic ball across. And Vardy came in and scored. Great confidence now for Vardy. I went mental in my living room. I, I, I went a bit crazy. It was, it was great. But then, of course, we were hanging on at the end. And we did very well to hang on and, make, and, and get out of there with a 2-1. If 3-1 would have been a good result still. Mm. But um, to get out of there with a 2-1 was well, superb. You asked me on the on the preview podcast what would I be happy with and I said look I, I, might, I might not be happy with it but I think uh, a 3-1 would still give us a bit of a hope. Yeah. So it's we've we've got hope in that second leg and that's all we wanted. We wanted that game. I mean imagine being an Arsenal fan turning up at home against Munich. Oh, You're 5-1 down already. Yeah. Game's over. What a great night well, that's going to be. I've decided to surrender my position in the commentary box for Leicester Severe at home and go as a fan. The last time I watched Leicester at home as a fan was when we lost uh, to Shrewsbury on, in the uh, oh, well done. We got form in then, the League yeah. Cup. <laughs> a good few years ago. It's um, obviously I watched them as a fan every, but, but to be actually be on the terrace, game. I remember in, that game. Yeah, it was it was, um, it was poor. It was when James Pearson played. Yeah, they had that uh, midfielder Wood, um, small guy in midfield. Yeah. Uh, Shrewsbury did it. It had a, it had a blinder. Really, yeah, really, and really we had to play Gary Taylor Fletcher in centre mid because we had so many oh, injury dear. problems. Now. Um, Obviously, what could happen in the first 10 minutes of the, the game against Seville at the KP, they could go 2 0 up and it's game over. But yeah. at least we've got that atmosphere and the, and the pre game build up. Oh, the build up will be chance. immense. What, what a night. So we, we, 
we completely got away with it. And unfortunately for Claudio, it didn't show the owners anything different. It didn't show me any anything different. No, no. you can look at it and say 2-1 away, uh, a 2-1 defeat away at Sevilla is a good result for the first leg of a Champions League last 16 tie. Yes, it is. Now, the performance was bobbins. It was, it was terrible, but it was worse than that at Millwall. We'll just touch on it. For me, your Leicester City... You cannot afford to throw away, which they did, a game in the fifth round of the FA Cup away at a League One side. We've never won the competition before. We would have been in the quarterfinals. At that stage, there was one team in the quarterfinals, Lincoln City. The team talks simple. All right, lads, by the way, you could get a home tie or an away tie against a non-league team in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. And get yourself to Wembley. In that first 10 minutes, I was shouting, there was so much room in the midfield. You had Mendy and you had uh, Andy King, who... Andy King, an absolute stinker of a match. They could have ran that game, should have ran it easily. There's so much time and space to spread the ball around. Yes, the pitch were a bit bumpy, but bloody hell. Um, I mean, why Drinkwater didn't come on and just put his foot on the ball and just control the game? The substitution was terrible. Uh, substitution in the second half when uh, Molawagu, who looked looked okay against okay against nothing at all, Millwall dreadful, he went down, done his shoulder. Now, I'm not being funny, to a man... And to a woman and to a child in the away end, it was dead simple, right? You're down, you're against 10 men, okay? Nil-nil, second half, what do you do? Your centre-half goes down. Your right-back is Daniel Armati, okay? On the field is Mark Albrighton. Now, everyone went, well, it's dead simple. Armati will go centre-half, Albrighton right, can fill in, fill in a, a full-back position. They're not playing with wingers. They, they, you know what I mean? He's not going to have to do anything there. He can just bomb down the wing still. Yep. And then we can bring on a Mares, or we can bring on another forward or an attacking player. It was simple. Brings on Rajaleski. What? That I don't understand what, it. What are you doing? He's, I mean, he's not made many mistakes in his tenure as Leicester City manager, as he Claudio Ranieri. But no, a few, not at all. A few questionable substitutions. It was. It was. That, that being pretty much the biggest of them. But that's... Okay, you can rest a few players, but that decision for me, that substitution was, I don't really care about this game. Or it was, Vasilevsky is literally the only reserve player who's missed out on a starting eleven berth here because the lonely Molly Waggy has come in. No, it, it was it was it was a pathetic substitution which got. He shouldn't even uh, still be at the club anyway. I Vasilevsky. don't. It's, it's not Vasilevsky's fault at all. It could have been any defender. It could have been anyone. Okay, it could have been Huth. Could have been Morgan. But to bring on a defender at that stage was terrible. Like you say, when you've got the personnel to move it around and, and be more positive with it. It yeah. was it was a shocking display by everyone. Ben Chilwell, unfortunately, lost the plot in the last 30 minutes. He he had a porto, which is now what it's going to be called. He had a porto where he just forgot how to play football It's completely. a shame for him because he's he's been one of the, the he look, small he leading, small shining glimmers of yeah. hope oh, yeah. in this season. He had a decent first half. He really did. But then the second, I'm talking about not being able to control the ball completely lost his head. It was his fault for the goal. Bella Luan, who had a good game, unfortunately made a small mistake, which led to the goal as well. Um, just but all around horrible day. And of course, the scenes at the end, I, m- I must say, I, I'm not going to you know go on about it a lot, but what a horrible club. We all know what Millwall are like. Um, not just their fans, which, to be honest, to a, to a man, they are all dreadful. And that's not an overreaction. Umbe- they're not even watching the game. It's the most ridiculous performance from a from a support of a club. If you're a footballer who plays for Millwall, you know that you're at Millwall. Not because of the loudness of the ground, because of the state of their fans. You know, the kids, the women, the, the men who go there who aren't interested in the football, yeah. who spend all day, you know, making gestures to the way in, which, of course, we were doing the same back, but... It was like I kept on saying it was like being in the zoo. You like you're watching these pens of people going, "What's going on there?" Have a laugh and have a bit of a bit of a go with each other, but not. It was ridiculous. But anyway, the club are not interested in safety and security. The the stewards imagine trying to hire people to be a steward. This at is Millwall. the thing: the stewards don't exist. They don't care about fans going from one stand to the next, pretty much, or walking along the length of in front of a stand. There's these poor kids in high vis sit there in front of the stand, don't care. When obviously they all ran on the pitch, there were about five coppers on the pitch who, which you know, who stopped two thousand people trying to get in the away, which was quite good. But. Um, the police didn't care. They're all lined up outside the ground, telling us to because we left and went to the train station straight away. And we were, these you you can't underestimate the amount of police lined up against the brick wall the whole way to this. Uh, only one path 
Okay, fences either side, so you mm-hmm. can't go anywhere. All the way to the train station platform, all the way along these coppers, and everyone was saying, "You do realise there is a riot going on in the ground, or that it's, it's, it can really kick off." And, and all they're interested, just, just saying, "Go on, go on, go along," and we're like, "Well, we're not going to go anywhere else. We're going to the train. We've left to go home." Because we're, because of the horrors that were unfolding in front if of us. We, if we were going outside to have a go and have a fight, we wouldn't be in this one lane to go to the no, go to the train station. We'd be inside the ground still. Yeah, or we'd be off somewhere. It's it was ludicrous. But the one thing I have to say is the stewards inside the ground, and you're talking people who buy the concourse and that horrendous. I this is a completely true story. Going down at half time, nipped to the loo just before the the half time whistle went. These two blokes in front of me walking down the stairs got to the concourse and one bloke said to the other, my God, they're a bun- bunch of X, Y, Z here, aren't they? And these two stewards at the bottom of the stairs, one lady and one bloke, and the bloke goes, bloke steward goes, yep, we are. What are you effing going to do about it? And then and they made, really? made, made a movement to have a fight with him. Oh my and I was God. stood behind him going, I can't believe this. And the bloke looked at, me, looked at his mate and went, excuse me, what? That's, you know. And he goes, what are you going to do about it like this? And he goes... If that's the mentality of the stewards... And the guy went, "Uh, you're a steward, mate. And then just kind of walked on. And they were laughing about it. And the the female steward next to this bloke just looked at him as if to say, oh my God, what am I working with here? That was a steward. That's the sort of... You don't have much hope for the the rest of the spectators, do you? It's horrible. Supporter safety. And it's not, you know, all all these stories about Millwall in the past, that don't happen anymore. But it's all... It's just a horrible place to go. I mean, I ain't going there again. It's just a horrible place. The, the, the facilities. And not even the football made up for it. No, not the football. Well, well, well that's my, my little rant over because I can't go and see that and not say it on the podcast. But anyway, it was dreadful. But like I said, you can't put out more for changing a few players. You can't throw away a fifth round tie when you're at Leicester. Doesn't matter what game's coming up against. They could have easily played Vardy or Mares from the start. Yes, you're risking injury after. Half after uh, forty-five minutes, sixty minutes, take them off. Not a problem. Or do the opposite. Bring them on at half time. Man United. They played Blackburn away. Yes, it's a different kind of uh, club. One-one with thirty-five minutes to go. Bang brings Ibrahimovic and Pogba in mm. one substitution. Yeah. What happens? Pogba passes to Ibra. Goal. Okay. What do we do? Well, yeah, we'll bring Vardy on with 20 minutes to go and we'll bring a centre-half on, you know. Oh, God. Like it, You can't do that at Leicester. So I'm pretty sure, Pete Selby, is it safe to speak again? Have you finished your rant? Yeah, rant over. Sorry about rant that. Rant over from Pete Selby. Let's have a look forward to the fact that we have actually still got some football to play on the pitch against Liverpool on Monday night. What do you reckon? They're they're a they're a decent side. Obviously, they're they're struggling for form last four or five games, but I th- um, I think they could if if. Shakespeare doesn't get it right and the players don't react in the right way to Ranieri going I think they could pick us apart and put four or five past us apart from Chelsea who are steamrolling everyone in the league I think Liverpool are the worst team we could play because of their high pressing high energy nature of the way that they play but more more than that it's their pace up front um Mar- Mane's unbelievable he, he's they not- missed him so much during the Cup of Nations well they miss him yeah, when he's not playing, their win percentage goes from seventy-five down to twenty-two percent. Um, Stater, yeah, that's a stat. No, but that's an incredible stat. You love a stat. Seventy-five down to twenty-two percent when one player stat. when he's not playing. Yeah, that just shows you. And he, he's quick, he's dynamic. Lallana will be on a high because he's signing a new contract. Uh, very good player. He can pull the strings up front. Uh, Firmino doesn't score as many goals as he maybe should. I know that because he's a Madrid team. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I think. I think it's going. To, I think it's going to be a good game. But Leicester need to do what they did against Man City. They need to score early. They need to get confidence in the team. Right, Who needed, knows? We've needed to score, or at least just score. Well, exactly. Need to score a point. But 
it's going to be interesting to see how the players react, obviously, to the news and Ranieri going and Shakespeare coming in. So it's quite hard to actually, you know, fathom out what's going to happen. What's the starting line going to be? Anything could happen. A- anything could happen. It could be a completely different. Do you know what? It will be very interesting to see the starting lineup because I can't think of a player apart from, obviously, Molawagu and maybe Slomani, who's out injured. So he has pretty much got a completely new squad to work with, i.e., He's got a blank canvas. So it'll be interesting to see the changes that Shakespeare will make. Will there be changes at centre-half? I'd imagine Gray will start. There's been a few rumours that maybe it was the reason Musa started ahead of Gray that um, you know contributed to you know the, the decision made. But um, it'll be interesting to see that lineup. Very interesting. It'll be interesting to see the, the formation, the approach... The I think it'll be interesting to see the reaction of the fans as well. Very yes, interesting. Yes, they'll sing Ranieri's name. I don't think for a second that that is um, uh, meant against Craig Shakespeare. Not all, at all. all the owners. All the owners. No, it'll just it'll be a sort of uh, thanks celebration. Thing, it? it's, it's on TV. Yeah. yeah, there'll be banners. You know, thank you, Claudio. Thanks this. Thanks that. Yeah. Fantastic. I completely agree with that, and I, in fact, I recommend people to do that. Yeah. If you've got the ability, make sure they're nice. Don't you know? Have a laugh. Don't don't get a bed sheet and get a bio out. Make it proper. You've got a bit of time. You've got all weekend. Go down Staples and get some stuff. Um, make a nice sign <laughs> saying, "Do it proper do for it, Claudio. Do it proper." Um, <laughs> no, but actually, that would be really nice. Imagine that. Imagine if the ground had everyone had massive signs all saying thank you Claudio thank you for what you've done and all this sort of thing because those pictures are being beamed live around the world Liverpool are playing so there's going to be more interest in the game than normally for a live game and imagine also what the players if you if they're out on the field and they see all these signs saying thank you Claudio if they have anything you know if they have any shred of human any, decency exactly it might just give them an extra spurt to say yes let's do this for him, yes, it might have all gone a bit sour, but and, yet, I, and yes, it's coming six months too late. But let's yeah. go out there and give a performance for Claudio. Now, I'm the first person to pick holes with people making signs at clubs. That that person who who makes a sign for Arsenal, I mean, who brings a pre-prepared sign to an away game against Chelsea, saying time to go, Wenger against Chelsea or top of the? If you're gonna do it, do it. In, in fact, don't do that. Yeah. But I I think this is a good thing. This is a because he he's gone. He's he's been sacked, but he's he'll go down in history. He's he's, he's going to have a statue in maybe in about two or three more years' time. But he, no, he's not. He's not lost anything like that at the club ever again. And he was the man that that was behind it. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame he's not been able to walk away at the end of the season after keeping Leicester up. It's a shame it's happened this way. Yep. But he's lost nothing in being sacked. In my eyes, he's lost absolutely nothing. He's an absolute hero and and an, and a, a gentleman as well. It's it's just a shame it's happened this way. What I mean, what a guy. What a the way he dealt with the team, the way he dealt with the press, the player uh, the um the fans as well. Uh very approachable, um very humble as well. He, yep. he do you know what he did that um surprised me? He got the club we're, we're a strange club, Esther, are very strange. People have always said to me about the Clappers, and they said, um, "Why does it work at Leicester when it?" Do- I know people don't like the Clappers. Some some people don't, but why has it worked at Leicester when at other clubs it hasn't? And I says because we we are a strange club. We're it, that sort of thing. Things happen at Leicester that don't happen elsewhere. Um, you look at the build up before the game and having people like Birchall out. It's a it's a strange club, Leicester. It's mm. great. There's many aspects which are fantastic. Well, that's why we when you love go it. you go around many other clubs in the country, and it's not the same. Um, they don't do things the way we do, and I love that. I like that. But Claudio came into the club, and he absolutely got it he straight away. He understood, didn't he? He understood, and you knew that after two weeks when he looked at the backroom staff and went, "I'll keep this. I'll look at the players. I'll keep these," and he he got it big time. And uh, that for me. Is his what was his major strong point, um, and I, you know obviously we like the fact that he was a bit quirky, dilly ding, dilly dong, and all that sort of thing. But uh, for me, he just got the club, and this is the guy who's managed all these massive clubs all around Europe, and yet he came over to Little Leicester, not only won the league, but he he won the fans straight away. Yeah, and um, and what an amazing job! What a what and what a fantastic bloke! And like I said, when he has that statue built. I'll be the first person there, you know, saying well done, because that's that's what it is. You know, thanks very much. 
well done. Um, what a guy. Yep. So I think the final message from For Fox Sake podcast, I'm sure you won't mind this running up towards the hour mark, is thank you, Claudio Ranieri. 